that does help. It's like a clapper. Now I can sync up two audio files real easily. Whoa! Okay. Okay. We're un, un, untethered. Uncut. Untethered, unbound, and uncut. Well, okay. I lied. I am cut. <laughs> and I'm bound. But uh, this is an audio show. <laughs> so you're never going to know unless I, I tell you all the gory details. I was about to say, wait, you're bound? Like... <laughs> Oh, my. <laughs> okay, okay. First question, of course. Watch any movies this week? Yeah, I rewatched. Uh, actually, on Saturday, I stockpiled up on my DVD collection. Um, and I bought, um, let's see, what, what did I get? I got a... A variety of things. I got some Kevin Smith movies. You're just buying DVDs? Yeah. What, uh, was there a bargain? Oh, uh, yeah, I went to Rasputin. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and then I went to Amoeba. Um, hopefully I'm not talking directly into this thing. It's got, a, it's got a little, uh, you know, a fuzzy thing. You know, like mics have. A fuzzy thing. So it should be fine. Uh, um, so... Yeah, what was I adding to that? Um, you got your Kevin Smith. Yeah, I got my Kevin Smith collection, which consisted of Clerks, Mallrats, and Chasing Amy. And then... Um, no I, Dogma. No. Oh, well. I see, I do like Dogma, but it's not my favorite out of the Kevin Smith uh, original collection. I, you know, I wish I could pronounce oeuvre. Huh? His body of work. The French would call it his oeuvre. Oh, um, that reminds me. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get onto that topic later. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gotta start writing this stuff down, so we can stay on topic, but come back. Come back to what we want to talk about. Yeah, I found maybe the greatest director in cinema history. Oh, please do tell. Uh. I'll tell you about that in a little bit, but, um, so I got those, I got a classic, El Mariachi. You were telling me this is Mr. Uh, Banderas? No, this no. is before Antonio was in the picture. Robert Rodriguez didn't have Antonio money back then, hmm. or Selma Hayek money, so he just got some random actors, and what I love about El Mariachi as opposed to the sequels. You know, the sequels are fun, too. I love the sequels, but... um, They get your Banderas. They get Depp. Yeah, Depp is in the third one. Um, what I love about the first one is that it's all in Spanish. Ah, well, is it... Because it's a Spanish movie, right? Is it just from uh, Mexico? Well, yeah, it takes place and was filmed in Juarez, Mexico. It's it's a foreign film. It's not. It doesn't even. He does no pretensions of catering to uh, you know, a big American to, company, a big American audience. Yeah. To us uncultured Americans. To us shitheads yeah. who can't speak a lick of Spanish. Well, you can speak some Spanish. Um, I could speak a lick or two of Spanish, but uh, un lingua <laughs> or dos. <laughs> But go on. Uh, but uh, what was I uh, adding to that? 
Um, you like your mariachi? Oh yeah, it was. It, you know, it's a fun movie. Um, I am sad that the guy isn't in the sequels. Uh, the guy who plays the mariachi. Um, for those of us who don't know, uh, what based on context clues, I take it this mariachi is a a man with no name type character. Um, is he the star, or is he do characters? Yeah, he's the star of the movie. Oh, Sorry, okay. I'm yawning so much. I uh, just got <laughs> off work. Um, yeah, he's the star of the movie. He. Um, so the first one is just basically this. Uh, <laughs> it's this guy is put in prison. Um. And he gets a phone call by this very white-looking, possibly Mexican guy. I don't know. He, sp- he speaks Spanish in the movie, but he is a white guy. Hmm. Um, Does that mean, what do you think? Is that a coded, uh, what do you, uh, semiotics? Are we supposed to trust him or distrust him? Well, no, he's, a, he's like a mob dude. And the other guy who's calling him for prison is also a mob dude. Okay. And uh, he's all like, hey, get me out of prison. And Whitey is all like, yeah, I'll get you out of prison. But as you're seeing it, it's cutting to like these these like hired goons going into said prison with guns. Ah. Um, Carlos Gallardo? Okay. He's our main character, mm. right? He is... El Mariachi. This guy is the dude. Oh, no, no, no. This dude, Azul. Azul. Blue. Ah. Uh, he's, uh, so Azul is the guy in prison in the beginning hmm. who, um, who just like, um, he, he gets, uh, he calls, um, through the cast here. Not everyone gets pictures. These are just random actors. Yeah, these are some random dudes. He calls this guy Moko, which looks like he's not even titled. <laughs> um, Far below the title, this uh, Moko character. Yeah, he's like the main antagonist. <laughs> <laughs> um, he calls... Uh, so he calls up Moko and is all like, hey, get me out of prison. And Moko's like, alright. So he sends these hired goons to kill him. Oh. But uh, Azul gets out and is all like, hey, you tried to kill me. What the fuck? I thought you were getting me out of prison. And he goes, yeah, no, I tried to kill you. And then Azul, About that. Yeah, Azul's like, all right, I'm going to kill you. So he gets a guitar case, loads it up with guns for some reason. Uh, well, I know, I know why he has guns. But, as but why a guitar reason, case? Yeah. Plot points, that's why. Ah. Loads it up, is ready to kill Moko. Uh, meanwhile, this guy, a mariachi, we'll just call him Carlos, because that's the name of the actor. Uh, he goes into, I believe, Jimenez, um, uh, some town in Mexico, to um, because he is looking for work, He's a one-man mariachi band. Um, he's just a... I thought he was uh, in the gang, but he's just a real mariachi. Yeah, he's just some guy who, uh, who, who just wants to be a mariachi player. I can see where this is going. They're, they're going to switch cases. Uh, oh, those guitar sw- cases are going to get switched. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, 
But pretty much what happens is that um, uh, one of Moko's... So Moko pretty much just says, hey... Uh, he goes to all of his goons and goes, hey, look for a guy in all black uh, carrying a guitar case. That's Azul. Kill him. I don't think your hit should be based entirely on, like, a verbal, like, you, you need a picture, okay? If you're going to carry out a hit, you need a picture. Yeah, but, I mean, this is some fucking rich drug lord. I don't think he really cares, if, it, if any. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> If there's any casualties. It's not going to come back to him. Um, and if it does, it'll be like, you know, count 100 on a, on a long list of counts. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, the goons mistake... Our friend Carlos. Our friend Carlos for Azul. And uh, that's kind of where the story begins. And we get two sequels out of it. And we get two sequels out of it. Who well, Who survives from the first movie, or are they just very loosely connected? These two. Ah. But they are not played by the same actors. Ah. Uh, so, okay, I shouldn't say these two because it's on audio, but Carlos and um, Domino, or Domino, they survive the sequel, uh, the, the movie, and are in the sequels. But, unfortunately, the actors don't oh. survive getting recast. No. Uh, the sequels are when um, Robert Rodriguez has money, so he gets Antonio Banderas to play a mariachi, and he gets Salma Hayek to play That's, his domino. It's got to be an awkward phone call there. <laughs> Just the actors finding out that uh, that director, that they, that, hey, that, they helped out in a scrape. Like, this is, you know... Uh, starring in some guy's zero-budget film from the sound of it. Uh, you know, I just think that Robert... Robert. Robert Rodriguez. You owe them. Now, Domino, for a, a female character, is that common? I mean, a, a name that ends with a masculine O? Or is that more like a nickname? Um, that's just a nickname. I'm pretty sure that's not her biological name. Okay. Could be wrong. <laughs> uh, a, marina, uh, a mariachi... That could be his uh, biological name. Oh, you're right. I mean, heck, that's what he's, uh, you know, that's his credit. El Mariachi. First name El, last name Mariachi. I like it. Get any other DVDs? Oh, yeah. I got some horror films. I got um, 28 Days Later. Mm. I got Friday the 3rd. Uh, no, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and I got Phantasm. What a movie. <laughs> you told me a little bit so this is american uh late 70s yeah just kind of from the sound of it uh, an out there sort of horror movie yeah it's a very out there sci-fi horror film but it feels like um the way it's shot there are see in the soundtrack it does feel like a late 90s horror video game nice but just predates it by 20 years <laughs> Well, that's, that's, uh, maybe that's uh, our roots, you know? Roots in uh, these uh, 70s movies. Yeah, it's just about some fucking ballsy kid who... Um... So, a lot... Okay, so people are going missing in this town, uh, including this these two brothers' parents, uh, or I think just their dad. Um, he, uh, he goes missing, and... Um, Suspicion is pointed towards 
this funeral home in particular this guy who works at the funeral home named the tall man mr tall to his friends yeah <laughs> uh tall for short <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so they go so it just starts off this kid goes in uh he just like pulls he gets a knife and sneaks out of his house and into this funeral home to look for some answers and when i say kid he's probably like a 13 year old and he wants answers yeah he's looking for blood um and he finds his dad but spoiler alert his dad's a zombie uh and he just is baffled by all this craziness that's going down in this funeral home. Like, they got a, these, like, metal ball airstrike things that blades come out of, and they're, like, kind of, like, heat-seeking, you know? They, they find uh, a, a target, like a human target, and they just go in, go straight for the face. Um, that's that's standard, I guess, at most funeral homes. Yeah, you never you never know. It sounds lynchy in the way you'd said that it just sort of ends as if, as if what his his brother had died a year ago before the movie took place. Oh, okay. Well, spoilers. <laughs> um, I don't care about spoiling these old movies. Well, some people might. <laughs> um. Okay, so yeah, so he finds um his. So he finds a zombified dad, and he freaks out, and he goes back home and tells his brother, and instead of, like, calling the police, his fucking brother basically just does the same thing he does, except with a gun. He gets a gun and goes to the funeral home, checks it out for himself. He doesn't even find the spiky heat-seeking ball, or the zombified dad, or the tall man. He doesn't... He... He just goes into, like, the funeral home's basement, basically. Straight to the basement. And gets attacked by what looks like a Jawa uh, from Star Wars. For those of you who don't know who Jawas are, they're the little creatures with the glowing eyes and the hoods. And they go, (laughs) woodie-wee! Just look up fandom, wikia, Star Wars, Jawa, uh, images... And you'll, you'll see what we mean. Exactly. Um, so they go, and it's just this crazy adventure happens, them trying to like bring down the tall man in the funeral home. And at no point do they try to call the police. <laughs> oh, they knew. They knew even back then. You the, can't trust the cops for this kind of shit. Well, yeah, but like, they're these just two crazy-ass white kids. Um, oh, and a Baldwin plays the younger one. Bald kid? A bald win. A bald win. Yeah. Not Alec, though. Because you would have said if it was Alec Baldwin. Yeah. This is just a bald win. This is a bald win. Okay. Uh, which one? I don't know. <laughs> but a bald one plays the kid. Uh, and I looked at his IMDb, and he did not do much after Phantasm. Granted, there are like five Phantasm movies. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. So the movie ends um, with them... Basically, killing the tall man. Good. 
but then the kid wakes up, and uh, he wakes up to this their their friend. I don't know if it's their friend or their uncle or their other brother, who is an ice cream man, who at ah. one point you think dies in that movie, hmm. but he wakes up, like the the ice cream man wakes him up and he goes. Uh, hey, what's what's up, kid? It looks like you had a nightmare. And the kid's all like, yeah, you died. Like, what? what's happening? And he's like, where's my brother? And he's like, your brother died in a car crash a month ago. The movie just it's, it ends with a, you know, you're sort of zooming out on his face. You hear ice cream truck music. And it's cut to black. What? Fucking ice cream music. That's dude. what they all sound like. The trucks? Yeah. What songs did your ice cream trucks play? I've only had, well, yeah, I guess I remember that one. Or, uh, um, or the maybe. There was an ice cream truck I always heard but never saw when I was living out by uh, Sunset. Oh, uh, was that the ice cream van? Maybe. I've seen that before. Um, <laughs> kids, don't get ice cream from a van. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so the kid is all like, okay, I need to go lay down. Goes to his room and who comes out of his closet? The tall man grabs him into a bear hug and just we get slapped with a to be continued sign and that is the end of the movie the movie just ends on a fucking cliffhanger like that i guess they thought the sequel was guaranteed but um i'm I'm willing to bet it didn't uh, do so hot i don't think they did so hot after um the sequel may have done okay. You know? Oh, there was a Phantasm 2. There's four Phantasm movies. I thought you were saying that there were just too many movies with the name Phantasm. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I was saying he hasn't been in a lot of movies, ah. but there are like four Phantasm movies, and he was in all of them. Oh, that's his series. Yeah. Each one soured him even more on this whole actor thing. His brother got... Beetlejuice and SNL. It's like, hey, so what do you got in Phantasm 3? And yeah. he got the the Phantasm. I can't even say trilogy because there's more than three Phantasm movies. That makes it a quadrilogy. Really? Yes. Oh. I forget. What do they call? Alien has its own dumb name for what it is. Quintology. Quintology. I love it. Does that include... The new Alien movie. Nah, not the, the... Those are the Prometheus movies, I think. No, 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 no. There's Prometheus, and then there's Alien Covenant. Oh, well, but isn't that... I guess that's... Prometheus is its own movie, but Alien Covenant is an alien franchise, but it's a sequel to, Co- to uh, Prometheus. Thank you. For me? Hey, pal. No. 20, 40, 60. Well, I saw some movies, too. All right. I saw in the theater uh, Detective Pikachu. You saw Detective Pikachu? Oh, yes. 
with uh, my girlfriend's brothers and uh, her nephew, who seemed to enjoy himself quite a bit. My review would simply be... Was, was her nephew mentally challenged? Um, I will speak no further on that topic. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but my review for Detective Pikachu, decent, wouldn't watch it again. I am curious, however, you've never played a Pokemon game, have you? Yeah, I have. You have? What I've did you have? Sapphire. You owned Sapphire. Okay, and I've okay. owned um, the blue one. Okay, so you I, played the OGs. I've played the ones for the Nintendo Color and the Nintendo... Uh, um, I mean, not Nintendo. The Game Boy Color and the Game Boy Advance. Okay. That, uh, I guess I was always a little wary that you were one of those no-Pokemon kids. No. I have had... Um, so I had a Game Boy... I didn't even have a Game Boy Color. I just uh, used my brother's... And then I got my own Game Boy Advance. Um, it's really fun. That's a really funny story. Hmm. Um, we uh, it was Christmas, and my parents had this big box, right, for me. And I was like, "Oh, shit, yeah!" I think you're and, uh, going to be disappointed. I opened the box, and there's another box that's, like, wrapped really well. Oh, you had fun parents. Yeah, and then uh, I opened that box, and there's another box that was wrapped really well. Open, and you, you see where this is going. It's, uh, like, a Russian doll. You're either laughing or you're, like, just giving your parents the worst stink eye. Um, it was both. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I get to the last box, and I open it. And it's a box of mechanical pencils. And uh, I'm just like, what the fuck? And I just put it down, right? And they they can't control themselves. They're laughing really hard. Um, You know, my parents, they... They're fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They were young when they had me. (laughs) (laughs) They needed a sense of humor. Hmm. Um... So I go to write something later and I open up the mechanical pencil box and lo and behold, there's a Game Boy Advance in there. I love the idea of it's like a movie and you're like, you know, later that day, you're like, dang, well, I, I got to write something down. What should I, you know, turn in the foreground? It comes into focus, the mechanical pencil box. You're like, <sighs> you, well, you t- walk over, you roll your eyes. Open it up. Huh? Yeah. They didn't even tell you? No. <laughs> I hope I'm half as good a parent as they are someday. Yeah. Um, my parents. <laughs> I feel bad. I'm not shitting on them. <laughs> hey, uh, no, my, my parents are cool. We, uh, we had our issues growing up. Um, but, you know, I'm not saying that they are bad parents. I was saying I was a shitty kid. <laughs> Um, yeah, my brother, my sister, and I, we got into quite a bit of trouble. I can't really talk about my sister. Huh. Uh, for reasons. But, I think uh, I know why. My, my <laughs> lips are sealed. Uh, Don't want to get her into trouble. Uh, or anybody else. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what, what were we talking about? Game Boy? Uh, oh, oh, Pokemon games. I'm sorry. I got sidetracked. Um, 
So yeah, uh, that was my Game Boy story, and that's how you know I had Pokemon games for myself. Now I skipped uh, Gen Three. You know, I don't. I don't think I ever played Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald. Uh, got back into it with uh, you know DS games. Some people take Pokemon very seriously. I'll have you know. Like, I think I get recommended on YouTube all the time. A bunch of, like, uh, one channel has uh, detailed for, like, um, many Pokemon. They'll detail exactly how this Pokemon was used in the competitive scene. Videos like, uh, Aerodactyl, how useful was it? Or, uh, I don't know. You know, or sometimes the joke Pokemon, like the, the Sunflower Seed Pokemon, who is technically the weakest. Detective Pikachu, not the only movie I watched. Also, from the San Francisco Public Library, Blast from the Past. Does that ring a bell? Um, I watched Blast in my past, but uh, I don't think I've got that from the library. Hmm. I'm pretty sure I got that from the, the adult video shop on 4th Street and Mission. Check them out. They got a really good variety. Hey, they sponsor us. Yeah. We're sponsored by a lot of adult <laughs> video shops. Anyway, Blast from the Past, 1999. Brandon Fraser as a boy... Brandon Fraser. <laughs> Brandon Fraser. Thank you, James. As a boy raised in a fallout shelter with his father, Christopher Walken, and his mother, Sissy Spacek, um, comes out uh, full of 1960s pep and enthusiasm to a world that he thinks uh, has survived a nuclear holocaust. It's just 90s L.A. Um, falls in love with that girl from Clueless. Um, the main one? I think. I think... Um, that girl? Um, I want to say her name in the movie was Cher. Right? Uh, uh, I don't know. I've never seen Blast. <laughs> I, I told you, you've only watched Blast in my past. Right, okay. Right, right, right. Um, I, maybe she's in both. I don't know. But um, anyway, not much... Reason of note, you know, this movie is just kind of uh, the Fallout movie we always wanted but never deserved. But, you know, I think now I want to play Fallout 3 uh, role-playing as Brendan's character. I think that would be uh, high strength because he's very good at boxing. The movie makes that quite clear. That's a plot point. It's how he fights off uh, Cher's um, boyfriend, played or ex-boyfriend, played by Nathan Fillion. Oh, yes. Nathan Fillion. Firefly? Oh. Slither? Oh, yeah. Okay. Slither. What uh, a movie. Before we go on that tangent, let me finish mapping out my uh, character's special stats, please. Strength. High. Perception. Low. Endurance. Medium. You can talk about Slither. No, 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 no. <laughs> You you finish your Brendan Fraser charisma. Hi. Oh yes. Super fucking high. Yeah. Brendan Fraser. That's true. He's the dude from the Mummy. <laughs> of course. Not Tom Cruise the Mummy. The original. Wait, the the OG Mummy. You know uh, they tried to do a monster universe, a universal movie monster universe, starting with the Mummy starring Tom Cruise. It was a flop. It must have been because I don't even remember that movie. I don't think anyone remembers that movie. <laughs> um, oh, God. Speaking of The Mummy. 
Okay. I I'm a child from the early 2000s. So is Tim. Um isn't everyone? Probably. But uh I Woof. <laughs> the Mummy came out and that was a good movie. I, I I liked it, but I was a huge mark for its prequel starring The Rock, The Scorpion King. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, no! <laughs> I rewatched that like a few weeks ago, and that is a CG disaster <laughs> themed to um, Godsmack. Ah, stand alone (laughs) oh god smack I saw a meme the other day and yes I'm that type of person who describes memes it was just a text and someone said god smack is a tribal tattoo you could listen to oh god And I thought that was the greatest description of that band. Now, help me out. Tribal tattoo, you're thinking like a sleeve? Is that, uh, what do you think when you think tribal tattoo? I think uh, tribal tattoos are normally um, Pacific Islander. Ah. Um, They're like... uh, Triangles and stuff. Yeah, they're like... um, it could be a sli- it's most likely going to be a sleeve or half a sleeve mm. of um uh maybe words but mostly like inscriptions and like uh pictures and whatnot here i'll just pull it up on my phone thank you tribal tattoo i've seen way more white people with t- tribal tattoos than uh i have poc yeah. This, my friend. Nice. Is a tribal tattoo. Well, if it keeps those uh, nice young tattoo artists in business, I'm all for it. Okay, this is a better one. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's if it means something to the to the guy who got it, you know. Yeah. Yep. So so yeah, people say uh, got smashed. <laughs> Is a tribal tattoo you could listen to, which I thought was the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. Good old gobsmack. Oh, God. Godsmack or gobsmack? Godsmack. Okay, I would start a band called Gobsmack. Fun fact about the band Godsmack: um, they started off as an Alice in Chains cover band. The name Godsmack. Is originally a title of an Alice in Chains song. Ah, they're such uh, big fans. Yeah, uh, Alice in Chains' song um, is okay. Yeah. Uh, so there, it's really funny because uh, the that name of the song and that band they ha- it feels like to me they have such different meanings. Like the band is like an early two thousands. You know, like a um, very, very like uh, uh, trying to be like such a like a macho, badass, uh, 
jean short wearing a uh, tribal tattoo having uh monster angry. drinking angry white boy band yeah and i'm not saying that allison chains wasn't so th- okay they weren't like a machismo band you know the song god smack is about well it's about smack it's about heroin uh-huh. um they the chorus the lead singer says uh what in god's name have you done Stick your arm for some real fun. <laughs> uh, and the ending, the the singer goes, uh, So your sickness weighs a ton And God's name is smack for some I love that line. And <clears throat> when I was younger, you know, I, I went through a few things. What, I, I had some personal demons. Um, and that ending. A few gods, if you will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so your sickness weighs a ton, and God's name is smack for some. That to me, I don't know, it really spoke to me. And clearly it spoke to uh, the members of Godsmack as well. Which is funny, because they wouldn't really consider them to be like a, like a depressed, mm. depressing, like... A heroin rock band they're like um like i said very broy. um they just like the idea of smacking god yeah but that is not what that song is about <laughs> song is about uh your addiction turning into your god hmm. now me personally i've never done drugs so i don't know anything uh about that no i'm the i'm the risk taker in this here uh, yeah. duo Tim. i'm the one with the the blood on my hands uh and the blood on that needle am yeah I right? i've been collecting a few stories about influencers because of course james as you know influencer is now a word in the english dictionary or at least it is in the merriam webster dictionary what is an influencer? I, I hear you ask already. It's someone who is paid to promote products in an organic way on social media. Now, influencers have like grown like crazy recently. I think it's something like within the last year, um, more than like the amount of sponsored posts on something like Instagram has gone up by 200%, something like that. People of all all walks of like uh, following, like people with as little as a hundred followers are getting paid to, you know, target a micro audience. And we call these people nano-influencers or micro-influencers. And when you think about it, that's basically what we're doing being, being podcasters and, uh, and, and uh, YouTube video professionals, you might say. That's what's on my business card anyway. <laughs> Now you've got uh, you've got people with as few as a hundred uh, followers, people who are just you know get their friends and families uh, promoting products, and you've got travel influencers, diet influencers. I've got a few stories here. People have measured the um, the impact of uh, influencers on people's health because, of course, they they measure the accuracy of their diet advice. 
This story says that they, researchers looked at whether blog content was trustworthy, transparent, and nutritionally correct, and if evidence-based references were used. And you know, spoiler alert, they were not. Most of these people are just like giving opinions, usually sponsored opinions, and they, you know, they, anything they recommend will not follow basic nutritional advice. You're not gonna, you know, do very well just following what an influencer tells you to eat. You've got influencers uh, going to restaurants, asking for uh, free meals. Basically, it's a trade-off. They, they open, they, uh, what do you call it? Cold call a restaurant, email them, say that uh, I'm willing to come to your restaurant. I'm willing to plug you to my many followers. You could do very well for yourself if you let me come and, and, and enjoy your wares uh, for free. I'm planning a trip to, uh, in this story, it's Dublin, but it could be anywhere. These people went to Dublin for Valentine's Day and said, you know, we're, we want to stay there for like uh, seven days at your hotel. If, uh, if you let us uh, stay, you know, gratis, we'll uh, plug you every day on our network. And I think the hotel turned them down. There's also a story about a restaurant owner getting pretty fucking pissy at uh, people who like said that, you know, I just want to uh, eat at your restaurant for free. Give us a free meal. We'll plug you. I want to find his quote because it's real good. It's really good. God, where is it? The White Moose, basically some, uh, I don't know if this was the restaurant or the, the hotel. The uh, owner publicly responded on Facebook with a little bit of a, like, you know, an expose, a little bit of a, look what this influencer is asking me. You are exposed, sir. And he ended <laughs> his, little, um, his little diatribe with... Uh, he said that it takes a lot of balls to send an email like that, one asking for all this free shit, but not much self-respect and dignity. Now, we don't have much self-respect and dignity. That's true. We don't have a lot of followers. We could be micro-influencers. Oh, I'm down. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking maybe we could try to make it a weekly bit where we try to just get plugged at a... I could try it if you... Uh... I don't know. If you want me to make the calls, uh, I can. We should cold call people, say we're influencers? Yeah. Ah, I'm down for that. I mean, I think, I think you're going to have to be the one to do it. <laughs> Damn. Come on. We could start 6-7 if you, if you really feel uh, concerned. Well, so we ask for something free. We promise to plug them on our podcast. Our very successful podcast. Yeah. You may have heard of us. Our name is Pootie Pie. <laughs> oh, I love it. Mm -hmm. mm, well, I'm the scaredy cat here. I think if it, this is going to happen, you've got to take the initiative. All right, all right. I could do it. Um, but here's my thing. Yeah? I want to try to make my pitch sound as ridiculous as possible but with sounding real. Okay. You want to say we're... What type of show? Um, or you just want to say we're PewDiePie? I could I could try to change it up from week to week. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we could say we're a... Uh... There's travel bloggers, fashion bloggers, food bloggers, mommy bloggers. Uh... Hmm... I th I say we could be uh, traveling foodie bloggers. Of course. We go uh, from uh, restaurant to restaurant 
<laughs> we travel from restaurant to restaurant, uh, taste their food, uh, review it, critique it, and um, put it on our uh, Insta. No, 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 no. Oh. We put it on our uh, critiquing review page. Um, our very exclusive critiquing review page. Oh, it's sort of an Angie's List situation. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Hmm. We could call it Timmy's List. I like it. <laughs> Timmy's List. Uh, we also could critique uh, not just food, but uh, so we could we could really try to push this thing. Let's go to the Apple Store. Hey, <laughs> let's. Uh, Tech, oh yeah, we can be uh, tech influencers. You look more like the tech influencer than I do. But uh, you, you're the one, like, I think, as a team, we look like we belong on YouTube. Yeah. People will believe us when we show up. Oh, yeah! Huh. Um, don't mind the sounds, ladies and gentlemen, and those who are non-gender conforming. But I am making myself some water. We can edit this out and post. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the fun thing about water is not only is it hydrating, but it's also delicious. And did you know that there's zero calories? Zero carbs, zero sodium, and zero sugar in it. Hey, it's the bottom of the food pyramid, I think. Yeah. Which makes it a loser substance. And I don't like loser substances. Um, Tim, on the other hand, is drinking uh, rice water i believe this is called oh yeah well it's raw rice water raw rice water you hear that folks tim is really cleaning up his act and this whole time i thought he had a drinking problem goes down smooth and you know uh, if you drink it the week it's bottled you won't get parasites you know what i was actually i drink um now you're more in touch with korean food than i am Oh, yes. Probably because you live near a restaurant. Many Korean restaurants, my friend. Um, what is that drink, that sweet, pinkish-looking drink that kind of tastes like Skittles? I don't know. It might just be a soju with a tropical flavor. Soju. I had, I had alcoholic soju. No, no. Soju is, I'm pretty sure, soju is alcoholic. Base soju is, is a lot like sake. It's, it's the tropical soju that's uh, not the norm. Yeah, okay. So this is my first time, people. Hmm. And I'll tell you one thing. It gave me kind of a nasty hangover. <laughs> now, I don't... Uh... I already knew going in I would get a nasty hangover because it was <laughs> drinking sugar. And for those of you who aren't experienced drinkers, the sweeter things you're going to drink that have alcohol in it, the harder your hangovers is going to be. Ooh, good to know. Sugar and alcohol, they don't make a good time. 
They do in the, the heat of the moment, but the next day, if you're not drinking water, you're not going to be feeling good. Kind of makes me think of, uh, mm. I could only stand one episode of that uh, Amazon documentary, Lorena, about the woman who cut off her husband's penis. Oh, Lorena Bobbitt. Yes. <laughs> uh. But his story kind of hinges on the fact that, that he must have been drugged because he was drinking candy drinks, things that he could, uh, by his uh, own uh, recollection, very much stand. Now, he had candy drinks the night that he was, um, he was mutilated, one might say, and he could not Altered. wake yeah, he was altered. He couldn't wake up. He, he basically woke up in a haze and c- couldn't seem to grasp at first what had happened. He wasn't even in, like, uh, you know, pounding pain or anything. He was yeah. numb. Now, he thinks that he was drugged or something. But, uh, you know, the, the, the defense or prosecution, whatever you would say, would say that he was just blackout drunk. Would you guess that he just had a powerful hangover from the candy drinks? Well... Blackout drunk or drugged, uh, the man still got his drunk cut off. Yeah. Um, now, whether or not, uh, okay, I think if he was a piece of shit to his wife and sexually assaulted her and beat her, you know, um, because these are what the allegations are coming out to be. Yeah. I think if that is the case, um, I'm just going to say, I wouldn't want you to be the judge in my case. You're, <laughs> you're really drawing this out. I think if that is the case, I don't think he should be sentenced because having your penis cut off is to me sentencing enough <laughs> now if only every case if only every case the judge just said you've been punished enough my friend now call me a hypocrite because i have a penis fine <laughs> that i will accept that but let's say yeah let's say and like i'm not saying that sh- that what her allegations were weren't true. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying if they are true, then I think having your dick cut off, cut off is kind of enough of a punishment. Maybe, maybe give him some community service. I don't know. Uh, but I don't think he should be doing any time. An ironic punishment. Like he has to trim hedges. Just a giant... Uh giant thing of shears just trimming all day that would be fun um oh Lorena Bobbitt it's a real cash in this documentary I don't know I feel like what's your stance on it oh I don't know enough about it I mean I don't I don't like uh it's funny because even when she did cut his dick off, like, um, mm, and I just want to be clear, I'm not saying that she's the cash in. I'm saying that the true crime documentary is a cash in. It's like, I don't know. Netflix has kind of carved out the true crime space, and I, now, now when I see one on 
Amazon Prime and stuff, I'm just like, oh, you just want to be a, another making of a murderer. Yeah. I do like me some true crime. I think it stems from my love for horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say the biggest audience of true crime is women. Oh. They love it. The ID Network. I'm pretty sure, you know, they've got just a wide uh, female base in their audience. Well... Um, I don't think I am a woman, <laughs> but you know, I've gotten pretty over the weight over the years and I can't really see, uh, some things anymore unless if there's some blood going. Well, we're both in touch with our feminine side, I would say. Um, yeah, I mean, I've gotten my ass eaten out too, so <laughs> I've got, I've gotten my salad tossed. <laughs> No, um... Let's come up with more, uh, more, uh, synonyms, more phrases we can use. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I, I do like true crime. Um, to me, I can't, I can't binge watch true crime like how I could binge watch, uh, horror. Because I know there's the fantasy element in horror. Mm-hmm. True crime, the shit happened. Like, I can't watch a Ted Bundy documentary... And then a Green River documentary, and then a Jeffrey Dahmer documentary, and then a John Wayne Gacy documentary. Like, I can't do that. To me, that'll just get too depressing. Because these people are actual, were actual convicted murderers. Yeah. I guess I mostly stick to one at a time. Now, what is a fun documentary? about a guy who killed uh, people is HBO's now this back in probably has to be back in the 90s HBO put out a documentary on the Iceman the Iceman you're gonna have to refresh my memory those of you don't know who the Iceman is he's not the snowman like the recent uh, Nordic not the recent film the snowman no he is a so he was a uh, basically so he was a hitman for the mob. Oh, he ices people. Yeah. No, well, no. Um, I guess, yes. He, he kills people. But they called him the Iceman because he... Uh, people, The people he killed, he would often store them in freezers. So by the time the police found him and thawed him, they would not know when to make the time of death. Ah. And that would really throw off their investigation. Damn it, he got us with the freezer again. Killed a lot of mobsters. Uh, yeah, and it's fun. It's just a fun documentary because um, um, he, uh, so it's like, if you watch a Ted Bundy documentary, he's, uh, he, I'm sorry, uh, um, if you watch a Ted Bundy documentary, he he'll go off on tangents like um I started killing uh and it felt I just felt so alive. I couldn't stop. I needed help. I don't know where uh what to do. If you watch a Jeffrey Dahmer documentary, he'll pretty pretty much just say, you know, I was alone and killing made me feel whole in life and it gave me a purpose. If you watch his documentary, 
he'll just say, yeah, I killed people, paid me a lot of money. <laughs> he's like, I, he's like, I don't like it. He's like, it was a job. <laughs> he's a he's a Flintstones character. He looks at the camera and says, "It's a living." Yeah, it's that. I thought that was really funny because he uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, I killed a a lot of people. He's like, most of them. He's like, I did kill some innocent people. He's like, but uh, did I kill some innocent people? Praise Look, <laughs> I'm not saying I I couldn't have. Yeah, he's like, I probably have. He's like, a lot of rich people have paid me. He's like, most of the time, uh, I killed people He's like, who are just like in other mafias, you know? Yeah, bad dudes. Am I losing sleep over this? He's like, sitting on a pile of money. No. I know. He didn't lose... Okay, no. He didn't lose sleep over killing anybody. <laughs> um, uh, I think his real name is something very Polish. Ooh. Like Richard Kuklansky? Icemansky. Icemansky. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it's a fun documentary. Speaking of crime, L.A. Noir. I was about to say, speaking of crime. <laughs> but I've been thinking about the motion. Uh, <laughs> he literally I, I, has a knife. I thought it was going to make a louder noise, people. <laughs> So, so motion scan or or God, whatever it's called, the technology used to bring our favorite game L.A. Noir to life. Now, I don't think it's been used since. There's like I see some stuff where they use um, motion scanning, like fa- like not just facial uh, scanning, but you know that L.A. Noir uses a very unique system whereby, like um. I don't know what you'd call it, like a point cloud or just a collection of meshes, but um, they take information like gigabytes of information about live uh, scans from multiple angles of an actor's face, basically a 3D point cloud of an actor giving a performance, and they put that in the game. It's not so much like what you get in Uncharted or basically any other game where you, it's a 3d rig it's one mesh it's got bones they an animator has gone through some motion capture data uh, like this is different motion capture and whatever they call this like motion scan two different things and it is prohibitive the one or two articles that came out a year or two ago basically say that with $192,000 worth of cameras, an actor sitting perfectly stock still can have every bit of their facial motion captured and uh, rendered frame by frame with individual meshes. That's what went into L.A. Noir, and that's probably why you don't see it so much these days, because you need that $192,000 studio, and what you get is an actor whose, like, you know, physical performance and facial performance are two distinct entities. Like, that's got to be hard for the actor. I still like it, though, because it's cool, but uh, I think we could do it at home. I'm thinking a home motion scan using two Xbox Kinect cameras. They say it can't be done. I say, you know, I'll get George to help me do it. <laughs> oh man, are you gonna? Who are you gonna do it of? We can do it of ourselves. Of us? Yeah, we'll make a game. Of us? Yes. What will be the video game about? I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking. Well, I told you, two words, James. Surf noir. Surf noir. Yeah, I think that's the game. Okay. Is it L.A. Noir meets Point Break? Yeah, but like <laughs> you know, it's it's got to be it's got to be beachy. 
Someone, someone has uh, written, done the work for me, and written down a few, a few notes, a few uh, bits of criteria for uh, what makes a surf noir. There are a few surf noir movies, or, or beach noir, depending on who you talk to. So let's see. It has a defined set of criteria. Stories are usually set in that kingdom by the sea called L.A. It entails at least one stop oceanside, and preferably has the sea figure into the narrative in some form. It must somehow convey either the sense of seediness and desperation that characterizes the beach town, or the atavistic fear of death that I personally feel every time I swim too far from shore. Oh, what website was this? This is just some guy's blog. Anyway, <laughs> you've seen beach noir in some form or another. Beach noir, surf noir, that's, that's a TM. I can think of uh, Point Break. Uh, Big Lebowski counts. There are a lot of 60s movies where they basically have to, you know, take the body down to the beach. The King of the Beach? Wait. Yeah. Um, King of Beach. Okay. People's face. I could think of this one movie that has um, uh, surfing Nazis in it. Um, Hey. Oh, oh, I remember that movie, uh, Escape from L.A. No. (laughs) Are you trying to call Russell Brand a Nazi? No. Russell Brand? I mean, <laughs> Kurt Russell. Pick your words wisely, Tim. <laughs> a Kurt Russell tattoo on my chest. <laughs> it's um, him as a... Uh... It's not even him as Snake Plissken. No. It's him in Stargate. I was going to say it's him in um, The Thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's better. Oh, yeah, that beard is too sexy for me to not have a, a fucking... Bearded Kurt Russell tattoo. No, it's uh, it's him as the Hound in Fox of the Hound. <laughs> Someone said I heard this in a movie or something that Walt Disney's last words might have been Kurt Russell. Well, did you? That's a that's an urban legend. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you know Kurt Russell was in a bunch of Disney movies. He was like a he was a Disney kid. He was a wonderkind. Yeah, when he um. The computer wore tennis shoes. Yeah. Oh. He, he wasn't in Bangers. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't one Disney banger, but he was well into being an adult when that movie came out. Uh, and that was Fox and the Hound. Mm-hmm. I he didn't... plays... You have never seen no, Fox no, and I've the Hound. No, no, I've seen Fox and the Hound. I just didn't know who was in it. Oh, uh, yeah. Kurt Russell. Okay. Kurt Russell plays the Hound. Ah. He plays the house as an adult, though. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Corey Feldman plays the hound as a kid, I believe. Uh, yeah, matches up. What is that? Early 80s? Yeah, I would say. Yeah, this is probably around the, the time John Carpenter is like, Hey, Russell. <laughs> I know you're playing the hound over there, but I got a sweet gig for you. <laughs> I got a few sweet gigs for you guys. <laughs> I can think of off the top of my head four John Carpenter movies that Kurt Russell's been in. <laughs> I guess with Disney out of the way, you know. Yeah, we're talking Escape from New York, The Thing, Stargate, and uh, Big Trouble Little China. I don't know for sure that Stargate was uh, Carpenter. All right, Trick, let's find this one out. All right, well, if not Stargate, then Escape from L.A. Yeah. And he couldn't... I guess he couldn't get him for They Live. He had Rowdy Roddy Piper. He had the maniac. (laughs) 
Ooh, did we talk about the? Uh, did we talk about Ready Roddy Piper in the show? No, no. I go through all of our episodes a second time in edit, so I, I think I can I can remember which wrestlers we do and don't talk about. Oh, Roddy Piper, I love They Live. It's it's a critique on a you know fucking it, it's a critique on capitalism. Yeah. Uh, Reaganomics, the trickle down theory. Um. I love that movie. Spoiler alert. It doesn't trickle down. Yeah. But WrestleMania talking 90 91ish, mm. 89ish. I would say probably around 91. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 3, I want to say. <laughs> WrestleMania 4, um Roddy Piper was in a match. Um, Did it tie into the movie? No. <laughs> and matter of fact, if John Carpenter had it his way, this probably this WrestleMania moment would have probably never happened. Hmm. Um, this WrestleMania moment is not brought to you by John Carpenter. <laughs> so he goes in a match with... Um, Okay, so Roddy Piper is in a match with um, uh, this this other wrestler named Bad News Brown, hmm. who is a legitimate fighter. Uh, he's not he's not he wasn't just a pro wrestler. Um, I can see it being sort of a sliding door, you know. Yeah, you, you're a pro fighter, you know. When you've when you've you're in the words of Syndrome from The Incredibles, when you're old and you've had your fun, you go into pro wrestling. See, but that see, okay, you you say that as if pro wrestlers don't get hurt. In <laughs> <laughs> matter of fact, pro wrestlers probably get hurt more than MMA fighters because MMA fighters have to fight like what four times a year. <laughs> <laughs> and wrestlers are on the road 300 days out of the year. Anyway, that's that's beside the point. <laughs> um Okay, so Roddy Piper was in a match against Bad News Brown at WrestleMania and Roddy Piper decides to cut a promo on Bad News Brown. <laughs> and he decides to make fun of Bad News Brown. And how else do you make fun of Bad News Brown? Well, brown, like poo-poo. Brown as in going in blackface. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. He cut a promo in blackface and pretended and, and was talking like Bad News Brown. Now, for those of you who don't know, Bad News Brown is a black man. Um... What? Yeah, it's a black man who, and if those of you who are wrestling fans, he trained in the Heart Dungeon, which is this like prestigious Canadian wrestling school. Um, hey, that's where our sitcom can take place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, he may, I don't know, he probably was the only black guy to be in the Heart Dungeon because I don't know too many black people from Canada. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, he's a really good wrestler. He's a really good fighter. And he was what is called... So uh, the funny thing about this is Roddy Piper was the babyface in this. Hmm. And Bad News Brown was the heel. 
So for those of you who don't know, Roddy Piper was the good guy, <laughs> and Bad News Brown was the bad guy. Hey, this was mm. this was the early '90s. You know, you could be the good guy and still trot yourself out in blackface. And I fucking bet you Vince McMahon probably left every second of it. <laughs> um, oh, he wrote it. He directed it. Um, fucking Vince. Uh, yeah, it, you know, I, I'm the type of person who watches a lot of uh, interviews of uh, old wrestlers who just like talk about um, their time, and especially especially wrestlers from the '80s and '90s talking about the WWF pre-steroid trial. Ah. Yeah, WWF was almost not a thing, like, was almost brought down. Uh, this huge steroid scandal. Even Hulk Hogan, uh, fucking threw Vince under the bus, which is really funny. Even the Hulkster? Even the Hulkster, brother. Uh, cause he himself probably... I can't... Legally, I don't think I could say he was on steroids, but... Uh... He succumbed to the peer pressure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, come on, Hulk. Everyone's doing it. You don't want to be the top of your game? Brother. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Roddy Piper... It sucks, because I do love his work, you know? And I love... Um... I do love... They live, and I love uh, his role on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia as the maniac. Um, And he is dead, so it's weird to talk shit about dead people. Um, Or is it easier? Yeah, it depends on how much of an asshole they were. (laughs) But there is always going to be that time he cut a promo in blackface. You know, people, I think, are always... The further back you go, there's something that you you just got to... Ignore is the wrong word. You gotta yeah. accept it. I like how Jesse Ventura tried to unionize the WWF, uh, but... Well, okay, I don't think he improvised this line. I think it was in the script. <laughs> but yeah, there's a line in the movie Predator where he calls everybody a bunch of slack-jawed faggots. I think you yelled that over um, either a Let's Play or something. I remember coming across that. <laughs> oh, yeah. In the edit. <laughs> um... Yeah, wrestling is interesting. It's like a soap opera. It is a soap opera that is just violent. Now, you were talking earlier about... um, You were making the comparison to UFC fighters and pro wrestlers and how when you want to take it easier, you join pro wrestling. That's really funny. I was watching an interview with Dan the Beast Severin. And if you at home know old pro wrestling or old UFC, you probably know his name. He was the second ever UFC world champion. Um, And it was funny because he was also, I think, WCW champion when he won the belt. And he, like, showed up to the fight with, like, a wrestling belt. Hmm. Um, and he was getting interviewed and someone asked him uh, so which one was the easier gig they were like probably pro wrestling because that's the fake stuff right and he goes you know 
a lot of people say that to me. <laughs> a lot of people tell me that pro wrestling is easy because it's fake. He's like, rewatch some of my UFC fights. He's like, rewatch any of my UFC fights. He goes, um, and try to look to see if anyone has ever at any point hit me with a steel chair. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, cause I, he's like, cause I don't recall getting hit with a chair in the UFC. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. He's like, he's like, uh, anyone put me through a table in the UFC? <laughs> so they're serious. They, they're stunts, but they're serious. They're stunts. choreographed. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but at the at the end of the day, it's like people still get hurt. Like people, like uh, painkiller dependency isn't a thing in wrestling just because they like it. Just yeah, it's not because just because they like it. It's because there's no unions. Um, you have to pay for your own travel. You have to pay for your own hotels. Uh, you are on the road all the time, especially, especially if you're in a major storyline. If you're like on the top card, people are going to want to see you every week. Unless if your name is Brock Lesnar. And so he's another guy, UFC and WWE. He, um, he is at the point in his life where it's funny. I don't really watch the product anymore, but I was told by my friends who watch it, um, he was just like a chit, like he was like the champion, but just not on TV uh. for like months on end. <laughs> and it's just like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, you have people wrestling 300 days of the year and they can't even challenge you to a match for your title because you aren't even there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Brock Lesnar is an interesting one because he's probably going to be going back to the UFC soon. Uh, you know, I was watching some of his fights and I was like, did they even have a weight class in the UFC for him? <laughs> he's a big man. <laughs> he's like 230 pounds of muscle. I've been thinking we should close out on one simple idea. We have a Patreon. We do? Oh, we do. We do. It's, I put it in the description of every video. We don't have uh, any patrons yet. And, you know, half the reason why is because there's no incentive. When someone's a patron, they're supposed to get a little bit of content that's behind a paywall. So what we need is some... some my what, dudes? Well, <laughs> that, uh, that almost answers my question. We've got to develop some type of original content, something behind the paywall that encourages people to make the leap. What you, you, you sign up for Patreon, you get you, to support us, but more than that, you get blank. What original content uh, would you like to workshop? Um, hmm. Uh, I don't know, man. We can always just hurt each other. Yeah. Our own little uh, wrestling videos. No. 
our own Pain Olympics videos. No. <laughs> you remember the Pain Olympics? I don't know. It seems it's very vague to me. Oh, man. You... I don't know. You grew up in that time period. Um, God, the early 2000s were an awful time. Um, the Pain Olympics was this faux thing. It was like this faux ad on the internet. Um, they're saying, hey, send in your videos for like the war, like send in videos of you hurting yourself in the worst way possible. And um, the winner will just receive a million dollars. Nice. I've heard of worse reasons to hurt yourself. Um, yeah, it ends with the dude cutting his dick off. Oh, I don't, full circle. Full circle of this podcast. Um, I can see that the, the, the creator of the BME Pain Olympics is dead. Died in 2013. Oh. Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, what do you call it? Hoop, hoop earring? Plugs. Plugs. Mr. Plugs. Most people think that they're called gauges, but gauges are the size of the plugs. Ah. Yes. So you ask for a plug, and they ask you what gauge you want your plug in. Yeah. <laughs> well, why not? We can do an original series. We can do a pitch pilot. We can do behind the scenes. I could send nudes. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's honestly our, our best course of action. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um... I gotta get my shit together. I was just talked about Brock Lesnar on the channel for ten minutes, and I don't even like him. <laughs> you know, I, think I think he's a dick. <laughs> you uh, you don't watch wrestling anymore, but you'll talk about it. I don't really play games that aren't for the channel, but I'll talk about it. <laughs> I think that's our problem. <laughs> yeah, I know. We like we talk we talk about move we shit on a lot of movies. Um, I don't think we have really much positive things to say. Oh, no. Oh, we're not positive people. We're not contributing much to society. We really aren't. Um. Now, this will be the last time for a little while that we record together. Oh, yeah. I, uh... Whoo! Thanks, thanks for bringing that up, Tim. I violated my parole, and I'm... Going away to Club Fed. They're just taking you back for a little bit. Yeah. I had to hang out with Wesley Snipes, uh, Martha Stewart, and all my pals. No, I'm just kidding. I don't make that much money. I'm going to prison prison. <laughs> Gonna be lifting weights, getting uh, homemade tattoos, and converting to Islam. What, what, uh, what gang are you going to join? Oh, I don't want to join a white supremacist gang, but due to my skin color, <laughs> I think that might be my only option. Although I do have curly hair, a relatively bigger nose, and green eyes, so they might not accept me. Um, I don't think there are any Jewish gangs in prison. It's funny, Dang. I'm not Jewish. Um, but you're passing. But I'm passing. Also, like I said earlier, I'm cut, so... I, I think most, I mean, 
Most Americans. <laughs> Most white Americans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I feel bad. I'm part of the problem. <laughs> Oh, you're cut too? No, no, that uh, I say most Americans when uh, <laughs> clearly it's most white Americans. Oh. I, I like how I got excited. I was like, oh, dude, you're cut too? But yes, yes. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, we're not Jewish. Uh, I, I thought it was a religious thing this whole time. But uh, eh, it's mostly a white American thing. According to uh, True TV's Adam Ruins Everything, Hashtag not sponsored. I guess it was a uh, part uh, Kellogg's guy. You know, the Kellogg's guy. He invented the cereal. He had uh, very strange notions about how to keep people clean and healthy. He was one of the biggest uh, backers of, like, uh, you know. Circumcising. Circumcision for, uh, you know, hygiene reasons. Yeah. My sister's circumcised, too. <laughs> I think they call that genital mutilation. <laughs> um. On that note, do you want to cut it? Cut cut the podcast, that is? Sure. Let's see. Handy dandy recorders. Uh, damn, I, I wish we uh, were able to talk more on a... I, I gotta work on not getting on my tangents. Okay, before we cut. Yeah. Something, I honestly, I think it would help us both out. Yeah. I go off on tangents a lot. I've noticed that. Tangents are good? No. <laughs> They're not. They can be, but mine aren't. Um, you have never hit anybody before. I don't think so. The next time I go off on a tangent that you fit, you see fit as like, that, that you don't see fit, I want you to slap me in the face. I can do that. All right. It'll be uh, the that? First, uh, first time I hit somebody and the first time uh, you I didn't say tank. punch. <laughs> you balled your fist up <laughs> and you got eager with excitement. And, uh, I, I, and I'm talking about an open hand slap. I heard what I wanted to hear. Although, open hand slaps somehow make me more mad than getting punched <laughs> in the face. I'm not gonna like, you know, like I'm the one telling you to hit me. Uh, so I'm not gonna like cause a stink about it. But the next time, here I'll tell you what. Next time I go off on a tangent, just say, hey James, you're going off on a tangent. You know what'll happen. And if I continue to go on such a tangent, that's when you slap me. It's the old uh, uh, second strike rule. Yeah, two strikes. Oh, two strikes, open hand, three strikes. <laughs> That's when I ball up a roll of quarters. Oh, hey, I taught you that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's good old Uncle James giving the kids life advice. <laughs> the kids that are three years older than me. <laughs> <laughs>